It's been six years since we started Sky Talkers. On this special episode, we're revisiting our Star Wars dinner list and answering your questions. Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I'm your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to our annual birthday episode. Yay! Yes, our anniversary special. I like this tradition, and I look forward to it every year because it's very nice that our podcast anniversary is at the beginning of the year because it allows, and I feel like I say this every year, okay, mm-hmm. but it allows for a little bit of a reset, a little discussion about the year's past, and it's very fun. I love it. Yeah, I totally agree. And we do talk about this every single year on the I anniversary know, but episode. But we're it's like, just very nice. so nice that it's in January? And <laughs> yes. it is. It is. <laughs> and it's funny when I think about like our podcast anniversary. Yes, this is our podcast anniversary of when our first episode went live. But like we recorded our first episode in the beginning of January in 2017. And we started working on the podcast in 2016 in December. Like it was, it was an say, ongoing like, o- conversation. October, November, December yeah. vibe. <laughs> Exactly. So yes, this is our anniversary of our first episode, but you know, we've been, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't even matter. This is very exciting. I cannot believe that it has been six years. I know that last year it was like a big five, but like six feels like a really long time. It's closer to 10. Yes. <laughs> That's what I I'm ready for about. 10. And you're like over, over the, I don't know. I feel like you, if you make it to five, like you're in it for till 25, you know what I mean? Right. Right. Uh, it's just, it's been a crazy year too, and we're going to reflect on it and answer a lot of your questions. But yeah, what an amazing six years it has been. Mm-hmm. And usually on this episode, we do, we talk a little bit about our stats and like the past year. And then we do our dinner party discussion where we revisit our dinner party list and then we answer your questions. And that's exactly what we're going to do this time. But I always look forward to like looking back at the stats and sharing some of our top episodes because sometimes they're really surprising and sometimes they're just not. So (laughs) I think it's a little bit of a mixed bag this year in terms of surprising and not surprising. But yeah, I feel like this past year was insane and I couldn't be happier to continue to do this podcast for as long as we have and hopefully many years in the future. Yeah, no, me too. I couldn't have said it better myself. Last year was, I mean, if you were following along, it was a ride and we're so, so (laughs) grateful. That's kind of putting it uh, lightly, I think. But last year was unbelievable and um, it was it was like overwhelming and it was so much fun and it was so exciting. And I don't know what's in store for this year, but <laughs> I know that 2022 is definitely going to be one for the books in, in it has the, to be. the Sky Talkers archive. <laughs> so I'm right excited now. to kind of reflect on it and uh, yeah, talk about what, like really think about everything that we were able to do. <laughs> Caitlin and I have some drinks going. I have some yeah. Pinot Grigio in my Padme Geeky Tiki, which I have to be honest, I put it in the Geeky Tiki, which was a bold move because the Tiki glasses are not meant for wine. So if you're a wine yeah. snob, just stop listening. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But it's honestly like it's meant for a straw and I just can't do it. But <laughs> I am very happy with the Tiki, which Caitlin actually got me. So 
I was going to say, I was like, I think I got you that one. I yeah, feel like yeah, I've yeah. gotten you a lot of Star Wars glassware. <laughs> for That's perfect. Reason. I love glassware. <laughs> I'm I'm drinking. You'd be surprised what I'm drinking, actually. It is. I had a friend's birthday party last night, and uh, she was having like a taco night margaritas style birthday party and so I have uh like margarita that I'm drinking that wow yeah yeah so it's like a little mango margarita which I do I don't drink a lot of margaritas but I do enjoy a mango margarita and Mm -hmm. um anyway it's orange so it feels like it works it's a sky talkers color I'm I put it in our little sky talkers camper mug that you can buy on our website so yeah (laughs) that's what I'm having buying on our website I haven't discussed this with you Caitlin but I think we actually talked about it a couple weeks ago but we never talk about the fact that we have merch on our website. We never talk about this. <laughs> so um, we have we have T-shirts available, tote bags, uh, sweatshirts, camper mug that Caitlin is mentioning. And I think for this week, we're going to do a little discount. So I'll put the discount code in the show notes that you can head on over and get your Sky Talkers merch. Because, yeah, it's a good time to get it. And a little discount yeah. will be added. Yeah, you should absolutely head on over there. I think the tote bag and the camper mug are some of my faves. Also the like the baseball tee with the logo. I like it all. I mean, I do like it all because I really like our (laughs) logo, obviously, but those are probably my favorites. I I really like the camper mug, the tote bag, and then the like baseball like three-quarter length tee. Yeah. I use the tote bag every day. Yeah. I always wait for like someone at the grocery store to be like, what's that? And I I, I wish that they would, but they don't. So. <laughs> I was like, has that it's happened okay. yet? <laughs> no, no. I'll tell you when it does. I, that's what I figured. I was like, <laughs> I don't think I know if this has happened yet. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway. All right. So usually in this intro, I give some stats. So, you know, Caitlin and I do keep a tab on our stats. We're not those people that don't look at them. But uh, so usually we go through some of our top episodes and Caitlin, what do you think is our top downloaded episode for 2022? I think the top episode for 2022 is hard to pick because there are such big kind of heavy hitters in it from like the Andor premiere, uh, the I would say the Obi-Wan Kenobi finale over the Obi-Wan Kenobi premiere. And then like Star Cruiser. Uh, I feel like those were kind of, I would put those as our top episodes of the year. I feel like maybe Star Cruiser kind of ekes out just because that one was like, whoa, they they went on Star Mm -hmm. Cruiser. Um, Because same. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Who are they? (laughs) What are they doing on the Star Cruiser? Yeah, I know. Because same. (laughs) Um, So I would say Star Cruiser is our highest episode from last year. Okay, so you'd be right. And I'll tell you that the Star Cruiser is our top episode. And I would say probably our top, like, most views elsewhere, too, not just our podcast episode. It definitely mm-hmm. was the thing that shattered 2022 for us, got us like millions of views on TikTok. It was crazy, right? Yeah, yeah it was. Um, so then after that, again, you would be correct that Obi Wan Kenobi really dominated the rest. So in our top five, this is how it goes. First one is Star Cruiser. And then we our Hayden Christensen interview. Mm. Those words. Oh, wow. Then <laughs> the Obi-Wan Kenobi finale. Then the Ewan McGregor, Moses Ingram, and Deborah Chow interviews. And then Obi-Wan Kenobi part five. So Obi-Wan Kenobi oh, wow. really just shattered everything. Wow. I'm really surprised that none of the Andor coverage got in there, honestly. So here's the thing. When you look at everything at the end of the year. Um, 
I mean, those episodes have clearly gotten had a lot of months gone by, right? And or just ended. Yeah. 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 So they're they're older. uh, It's not that Andor was close, but it just um, didn't have. It didn't. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't. Didn't breach it. It's not as old. Okay. (laughs) So then I have some more stats. So. This year was a year where we did a lot of interviews, okay? Mm. A lot of interviews. And the way I counted this was individual interviews because oftentimes when we do the roundtables, we clump like a day's worth of like a press day in one episode. But each interview that we do, you know, takes a long time. (laughs) And I feel like it deserves to be separate, right? These are individual people. And so we did 20 interviews in 2022. (laughs) That's insane. That's at least two a month. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I feel like Um, they all happened in like a three month period. Like they were all in like a they were they were spread out throughout the year, but it it felt like between May and August they were the majority of them is when they happened. Yeah, that's exactly right. So that is crazy. And I, if you're a long time listener, you know that Caitlin and I's long time goal is to be better interviewers and work on that craft and figure out how to best do that. And I think we definitely got to flex that muscle this year. And I feel a lot more confident in it than I ever have. I think it helps that we're doing like roundtable interviews too, where it's not just us. But I mean, that 20 number also includes about five to six. I don't have that individually of individual one-on-one interviews that we did as well. And I just, I feel a lot more confident in it. And I I don't know if anyone cares about that, but I feel like it was really, (laughs) I know that we've talked about it before. So I don't know. It's, it's been a good journey and a journey that we're still on. Yeah, absolutely. I still get really nervous before interviews, honestly, even roundtable ones. I'm getting better at it, but it is still, it's still a process (laughs) for me. (laughs) And like, all right, here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm going to say. Let me repeat it again and again and again. <laughs> Let's be honest. My anti-anxiety medication definitely helps. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. So then how many themed episodes do you think we did? Oh, themed episodes. Oh, I don't think we did that many this year. I yeah, say- it's kind of a sad number. It's a sad number. <laughs> I would say two. Two? It's two. Two? It's okay. Two. <laughs> you nailed it. Yep. And how many book discussions do you think we did? Oh, I two or three? Seven. Seven. Oh my gosh. Wait. Well, hold on. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm, really I'm counting off. the essays on Carrie as individual. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I was, I was only thinking High Republic. Okay, it's still, it still is more than that. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. No, it's it's seven. It's a lot. That a lot a of lot. book talking yeah. this year. Yeah. And then total podcast episodes, we did forty-seven. That includes some Patreon bonus episodes, but forty-seven. That's a lot. We That's did. Lot. We did that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we did. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I I used to say I don't say this anymore on Apple Podcasts or like on our podcast player that we're a semi weekly podcast, but I recently changed it to weekly because we're weekly more often than we're not weekly. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And I think the semi weekly or bi weekly thing is more for like to take the pressure off of us. But at the end of the day, like forty seven episodes in how many weeks are in a year? Fifty two weeks, and, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a lot. That's a and we lot. took a break <laughs> Christmas and yeah. So we're weekly. We're, <laughs> okay. we're weekly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a crazy year though. I We're old. Again, we'll talk about it because we actually have a lot of questions about this past year. So we'll get into it. But dang, 
Wow. Lots yeah. Of stuff. Yeah. Those are some good stats. I am really shocked at the seven. I, like, it's just a black hole in my memory for some reason. <laughs> I'm like, have the book seat. Um, yeah. <laughs> book episodes. Okay. So you say that you get really nervous before interviews. And like, same. I'm not saying I don't, but it, book episodes to me are really hard and I yeah. get really stressed about them. So I'm really happy that we did seven. Yeah, I, me I'm too. shocked. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so, I'm, but uh, I'd really like to change that two theme episode number in 2023. Yeah. That is a huge goal of ours. We have so many ideas. Yeah, yeah. I think that's something we really want to do more of in 2023 because, I don't know, whenever I think of us, I think of our themed episodes. Like to me, that's yeah. just the kind of quintessential sky talkers, <laughs> if I could kind of put it in our, uh, like our podcast word cloud, I guess. <laughs> And I really like those episodes when we do them. And I feel like they are, yeah, they're like a part of our lore. So I want to do some more of them. Yeah, we have a list and that's a whole a whole thing. And that's part of the reason why we are probably going to cover TV shows a little differently this year. Yeah. And you probably know that if you're listening to the Bad Batch episodes with us and we have we put out a schedule, it was a whole thing. We're not yeah. doing weekly episodes for the Bad Batch. I mean, some are, but not all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think we are just, it settled, like when TV episodes came out, right? Or when live action came out, it was like, oh my God, like so novel. And it's like, okay, yeah, obviously we want to cover all of it because it's so, it's so great and it's so much fun. But now you look back and I was talking to someone about this the other day and I was like, there's eight series, TV series in Star Wars. It's, it is so crazy. <laughs> it's insane. And it's really fun to cover them week to week. But I think it definitely does kind of it means that sometimes we can't always do like other episodes, yeah. like our themed episodes. So I think, yeah. you know, we've done a couple years now of covering every single TV episode. And so I think this is a good year to kind of switch it up a little bit. Of course, we're still covering TV and we'll be covering a lot of TV <laughs> this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think we'll do weekly Mandalorian, to be yeah. honest. It's just it takes up the whole Mandalorian takes up like the entire cultural conversation Yeah, that it's at least in the past. I feel like whatever. I, maybe I shouldn't even say that because it's getting ahead of something. But yeah, I think that it's crazy to think, so we've been doing this for six years, right? It's crazy to think that six years ago, what Star Wars was out, right? Like, it was just Rebels as a TV show and just the Clone Wars. And it feels like now we have so many things going on. We are eight, so eight spoiled. <laughs> yeah. And like, not to mention, shows. yeah, not to mention, like, I was thinking when I was looking back at the interviews we did, like we didn't even talk about light and magic beyond our yeah. interviews that we did. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's been a lot of like great bonus content. Willow is out like next year, this year. Oh my God, not next year. It's this year. It's this year. This year. Indiana Jones <laughs> comes out. Like there's a lot of stuff. Like Lucasfilm really kicked it into high gear, yeah. definitely in the past six years. And I think that once that, once Disney plus became a thing, like we've been doing the podcast long longer than Disney Plus exists. That's weird. And it is. And it's just weird to like shift that mindset. I don't know. It's yeah. not that, again, I, I don't want to say that we're doing less podcasts. But we're, we're literally not. It's just you have to figure out the best way to cover all of it when there is so 
much. Yeah, I think so it's much. just like a, a reevaluating the balance of how we're covering things. <laughs> and, Especially because we have two two themed episodes this year. It's not okay. I know. It's really not. It's it's not. Yeah. Again, that's our bread and butter. That's yeah. quintessential Star Wars. Uh, quintessential Sky Talkers. The Hands Are a Language episode. Like, come on. Classic Sky Talkers. <laughs> Exactly. We need we need the next hands are language episode, whatever it is. Uh, so look forward to that in your podcast feed sometime in 2023. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, like we didn't even do a summer series this year, which, again, if you're following us, you know that we didn't do one because we didn't feel super strongly about anything. But the truth is, is like we were a little burned out. So, yeah, I think that it's it, it's all of that. It's not just, you know, and I think that we just need to figure it out anyway. Yeah. Well, OK. Yeah, we didn't have a great idea <laughs> there was yeah. nothing that like stuck with us but the thing is Caitlin we did have a great idea but we just didn't do it <laughs> we, okay we had a couple of great ideas one of them we couldn't we had like already kind of put out in the podcast world so like it like we jumped the gun on one of them and and I don't want to like talk in circles around these things but also like that week of when we would start our summer series that month was also like probably the densest podcasting we've ever done <laughs> between Andor and Light and Magic for Andor yeah. and Light and Magic and Lego all of that there was like a two week period where I think we did an interview or a podcast like every single day yeah it was crazy it was it was kind of crazy honestly and it was just like when like when are we supposed to do the summer series <laughs> but it's like oh my god we need to plan more yeah <laughs> we need to figure this out a little bit better that being said, we need to plan more I think we've already decided on our summer series for this year so check back in the summer <laughs> yeah <laughs> which will be here before you know it. exactly exactly <laughs> but I it's a anyway I think we've decided on what our summer series is going to be this year and I'm super excited for it. If that's the Me route too. we go, <laughs> it will be the route we go. Yeah, route, yeah. Route. I'm sorry to be so uh, ambiguous in all of this conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We gotta move on. We gotta yeah, move yeah. on. Let's right. dinner let's party. Dinner parties. Okay, so let's move on to dinner parties. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. All right. Welcome to you know it, you love it, the Sky Talkers Star Wars dinner party. Charlotte, if this is someone's first time listening to Sky Talkers, what is the Star Wars Dinner Party? Oh my gosh, you're going to let me explain it? Okay. Yeah, please. Okay. The Star Wars Dinner Party started when Caitlin and I were sort of in the car or like in a line in Disney World or something, and we were looking for a game to play. So we started compiling the dinner parties, which consists of choosing five people. It's a hypothetical game. Five people that you want to bring to a dinner party that you are hosting, and the object is good conversation. And obviously, we're choosing Star Wars people. It could be fictional, it could be real life creators, it could be alive, it could be not alive. And uh, yeah, so it got interesting really fast about how what conversations would come out of all of these different dinner parties. Yes, and that is that's the Star Wars dinner party game. So it's something that Charlotte and I've been playing for a good chunk of our friendship. And then uh, when we started Sky Talkers, we thought it would be fun to ask other people when they come on our show who they would want to bring to their Star Wars dinner party. It was also kind of it was our very first episode too was going through our Star Wars dinner party because we didn't know what yeah. else to talk about after we introduced ourselves. <laughs> so it's our very first episode. And then we ask all of our guests who come on as well, uh, what their Star Wars dinner party would be. And it's always really fun to hear people's answers. And it's something I really look forward to. 
And then every year on our anniversary episode, Charlotte and I get to uh, create a new invite list for our own Star Wars dinner party. And it's very fun to look back through the years at how they've changed, how they haven't, <laughs> people who are always invited, people who have never been invited, uh, what the ultimate goal of the party is. I think you can kind of see what things are kind of coming in the start down the Star Wars pipeline based on who people are inviting to their dinners. And it's just really fun to see uh, like our guests and who they invite and uh, who they would like to talk to, whether it's characters or creators or droids or creatures, whoever it is. It's really fun. Yeah. And usually we go through every year's dinner that we have had in the past. So this will technically be our seventh dinner since this is our sixth anniversary and we did this on our very first episode. So Caitlin, I don't think you should go through every single dinner, but I will provide a link to every single year's dinner that we have put out um, on Sky Talkers for Caitlin and I. We have a part on our website where we put it. So I'll put that in the show notes. And yeah, Maybe you could read last year's dinner as a refresher. Yeah. So last year, I actually really liked my dinner uh, last year. It was a little spicy, I remember. <laughs> my dinner last year was Leslie Headland, Matt Martin, Ming-Na Wen, Colin Trevorrow, and Gareth Edwards. And Colin and Gareth were invited mainly because Charles and I had just done an episode on Duel of the Fates. And I thought it would be really interesting to get this collection of people together to talk about creating Star Wars <laughs> and things that went wrong, things that didn't, things they would do differently. And then you have someone like Leslie there who is, you know, in the process of making a new TV show. Anyway, I just thought it would be a very, I thought it could be a spicy dinner. Uh, and I was kind of into the possibility of any tea that would come from that dinner. <laughs> yeah. And Matt Martin, you know what's funny about that, Caitlin, is we saw Matt on the Star Cruiser that year, and he was a Sky Talkers guest we already. Did. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And then Charlotte's dinner that year was George Lucas, Dave Filoni, John Favreau, Hayden Christensen, and Ewan McGregor. Really weird that Hayden and Ewan were yeah. on the podcast uh -huh. this yep. past year. Yep, 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 yep. Also, it should be noted that Hayden had been to like a couple of my Star Wars dinners, maybe not on the podcast, to be honest. I'm scrolling up and looking. Maybe yeah, one yeah, time. Yes. In 2021, one time. Um, and that was the first, or that was the second year I put him on and the second year I put Ewan McGregor on it. So that is crazy. It is insane to think about. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay. So the drum roll is on. I. What are we going to do for 2023? Caitlin has been slaving over this for a long time. <laughs> which, is, which is bad because my dinner is kind of a return to form, I think, mm -hmm. but a little a little different too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Charlotte has had her dinner picked out this year for a while. And I finally decided on mine like two hours ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> two hours? Wait, two hours ago? I guess. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just like I okay. couldn't I couldn't decide. I couldn't decide who I wanted. And then I was making it hard on myself. I was like, it's gotta be better. Like I really feel last year was was a good dinner. It was a good spicy dinner. I was very into it. And I'm like, how do and anyway, anyway, this one is kind of a return to form for me, I feel like. And I, I am excited for this dinner. You think that that will be the prophecy of this year, like a return to form? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay, absolutely. Cool. Do you want to go first? Yeah, okay. All right, here is my 2023 dinner. We have Ryan Johnson, 
Nice. We have Dave Filoni. We mm-hmm. have Diego Luna. Oh. We have Adam Driver. And oh. we have Kelly Marie Tran. Okay. And I'm also bringing B2 as well to the dinner. I just – he's he comes with Diego. He's like a bonus. So okay. I don't want any – I don't want any smack about B2 being a sixth guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I was going to give you some smack, but it's okay. No, I understand. No, because B2, B2 – Similar to how people invite Ray to their dinner for needing a good meal, B2 deserves a good meal and just like a warm, happy place to enjoy good company. You know, he he deserves that. Um, yeah. And I, I am really excited for this dinner because I the goal of my dinner for the past couple of years has never, I say that even understanding last year's dinner, usually my dinners these days are not about getting knowledge. It's just about having a good time and like laughing about Star Wars and stuff like that. Last year was a little different. But I think that this year it's dinner with Ryan and Dave and Diego and Adam and Kelly. It would just be like a like a good time. You know, we'd have yeah. some carafes of wine, be candlelight. It would just be like a good time. There'd be like music playing, but then also like Ryan would have his his iPhone and he would just like play like random music as it came up. And, it, you know, it would just it would be fun. It would be really fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I'm really happy for you. That sounds yeah. like a great dinner. Thank you. I would like to be invited. Of course. I just I take a little bit of objection to the fact that your dinner now has six people but it's okay it's maybe i'll also invite a six person it's not as six person it's a draw. it is though because it is <laughs> it is all right all right all right, all right yours fine, yours fine, can fine. be six people no no it's no, fine. no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> you I'll make the rules you're just so we're clear you're the one telling me to rescind b2's invite and i, I just yeah. deleted him off i just deleted him off so no b2 oh my god that's so sad yeah okay uh-huh. i think okay if you can add him back if you will help me with my last person in my dinner, because I have like an optional vibe. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm putting it back in. He's back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. You ready for my dinner? I'm ready. All right. So I just need to preface this by saying my dinners are kind of boring. It's just the way it is. I know what I like and I know what I'm interested in <laughs> and I just want to have a dinner with greats. Okay. I just want to have a dinner with the greats. Okay. <laughs> So here's my dinner with the greats. George Lucas, Brian Johnson, Kathleen Kennedy, Ooh. Steven Spielberg. Oh, wow. This, this is the first one. This is the first. This was the big, the kicker, wow. Caitlin. Okay. Okay. This okay. is what I just, I decided this months ago and I was like, he's coming to the dinner because I think it's important. I want to get George and Steven together and be at that dinner. I think that would be I think, incredible. I think this is so important for our director, Head Cannon. I know web so to have Ryan there. I, I right, it, just, it will click a lot of things into place. So yes, and then Kathleen Kennedy also being there. Yeah, mm-hmm. the oh. bridge, the bridge. But also, yeah, I, I just think that I have invited Kathleen to a Star Wars dinner before, but I want to hear actually. I want to hear from her more. I want to yeah. share a dinner with her. Okay, all right. So obviously, that's only four people. Okay, yeah, okay. so here is my number five that I've written in. And the number five is Leslie Headland. Okay. And I feel good about it, but I don't feel good about not inviting Dave Filoni to this. I, I didn't invite him last year for the first time. So. I know. It's, it's okay. But don't you think that, okay, so, but the vibe though. Okay. Think about the vibe. I do think George, that George, Ryan, Stephen, Kathleen, and Leslie, or <laughs> George, Ryan, Stephen, <laughs> Kathleen, and Dave. Like, 
Like, if the goal is is to fluff out or fill out the director headcanon that we have constructed, the, the careful architecture we have constructed <laughs> of our own <laughs> director headcanon, I feel like it's it's Dave. It's got to be Dave. But Leslie could be the wild card that would be really interesting as someone who is coming in to Star Wars. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I just can't decide. And I I ultimately, in my list, put Leslie first. I think, so, yeah, I think it should be Leslie then. Yeah, but I just, I need it to be known that Dave can be there. If Leslie can't make it, Dave's <laughs> coming in. You know what I mean? The rules of the game are all these people have to come. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay. And all I'm saying is we've invited Dave now for how many years and he's in I know. He, he feels welcome, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I was like, he's never, he's rejected us so many times. <laughs> kind of true. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe he just needs to be left off of our lists once each. And then he'll be like, oh, okay. It's not a Yeah, I mean, he's on your thing. list. And yeah, I, yeah. I get to go to your dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So there you go. All I'm right. really feel- excited for the Kathy, Steve, George that's you know that's 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 really it iconic honestly iconic Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. honestly just if I could have made a dinner of just two people if our rules weren't five I think I would have just done Georgia and and Steven Spielberg yeah but um I didn't and the more the merrier (laughs) yeah I also think this dinner will just like last year's will be at the ranch so (laughs) yeah because I want the topic to include some nostalgic bits about Star Wars, about working together and Indiana Jones and things like that. And I want the setting to reflect that, you know? Yeah. Because I don't want people to – <laughs> this sounds so bad, but I'm like, I don't want to hear about, like, your families or anything like that. Like, no, I want to <laughs> talk about the craft, the art. <laughs> okay. See, I don't really care what we talk about at my dinner anymore. I just want it to be fun. Like, if you want to bring up your – your family. That's cool. If it's a good time, okay. I'm here for you're it. You're so nice. Yeah. I'm like, no family. <laughs> you're you're going to come to the dinner Only with like art. an agenda. I know. <laughs> Only um, art. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah my, this was a question we had last year from a listener who asked us where we would host the dinner. And I think it's such a good inclusion. Um, this year, I'm going to take a note from Ryan Johnson and we're going to go to Greece and like sit on the water. And do that kind of vibe. And it's going to be, it, again, the the drinks are flowing, a beautiful mm. setting. We're going to close the restaurant down. It's just, it's going to be a good time. I thought maybe you would say Musso and Frank's in Hollywood. Oh, my God. <sighs> yeah. I really, I was kind of banking on it. I think I would have bet money on it. That would have been really good, too. Musso and Frank's is this old-timey classic Hollywood restaurant on Hollywood Boulevard mm. that has been open for a long time and yeah it's sort of like a Hollywood lunch type of vibe and uh I do want to see Adam really well. tiny martini glass oh my gosh <laughs> you're right I think, we gotta with his hands. I think we gotta switch I think we gotta switch you're right Musso and Frank's we're headed there <laughs> it's like I love it. <laughs> this restaurant you should go look up photos of it but Charlotte and I went when we went to the Andor um premiere last year and we went for my birthday and it was 
it's it's very old, old Hollywood, and all the booths are like super tall, so you can't see who was sitting in them for celebrities of you know like the golden age of Hollywood and stuff like that. And everything is dark wood and and red velvet. And the like we told them it was my birthday, Charlotte did, and they gave me like a card like a card that had my name on it. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. <laughs> I, I've never gotten a card from a restaurant. Uh, it was just great. And they're known for their martinis and their fettuccine Alfredo. And it was, oh my God, it was all delicious. So yeah, no, you're right. You're right. That's where we should go. Yeah. And I think that was like a premier restaurant experience and night of the year. So I think it's good that yeah. you're going to start 2023 with that dinner there. Just yeah. makes sense. It know? does. It really does. It really does. All right. So Wow. Seventh time doing the Star Wars dinner on the podcast. Great job, Caitlin. Good. <laughs> nice you. work. You too. You worked really hard on that. I, so. I really I really did. Even though I only decided two hours ago, I've been agonizing over this dinner. <laughs> Caitlin and I saw each other over New Year's and we went out on New Year's Eve and I accidentally like opened my note on my phone <laughs> that was like the Star Wars and I was like no you can't see it. <laughs> she was so panicked. She was like oh, I was so shush. <laughs> And I'm sure you would have been like, okay, so George again. <laughs> I mean, I could probably, I probably could have put at least two out of five on your list. Yeah. Although I would have put Dave and he's not there. So. Yep. Correct. He is not there <laughs> as we decided. And I feel so guilty about it. He's, anyway. Okay. He's fine. He's fine. He is fine. You're right. You're right. All right. Well, those are our Star Wars dinner party of 2023. This is always so fun to revisit this question. Who will we invite next year? Probably some of the same people. <laughs> but, but I'm, I, like, I'm like, who knows? Who knows? Oh, it's, it's a mystery. Lucas, Dave Maloney, Ryan Johnson. We are usually on all both of our lists. <laughs> anyway, if you have a more creative list, uh, you probably do. Or not. You know, the this the these people are fun too. Uh, you should tell us who you invite to your Star Wars dinner party. It's always very fun. Um, so you can find us on Twitter. I'm not going to go through the whole spiel of where to find us on social media, but you can find us <laughs> online and tell us who you would bring. Yes. Okay. So let's move on to answering your questions. All right. So welcome to part two where we're discussing your questions and we're answering them. So why don't we get going with the Patreon questions first? So our first one comes from Jedediah who asks, Across all of the movies, TV shows, books, parks, comics, merch, and everything else, what are what are the highlights or your favorite things from Star Wars in the last six years? Feel free to expand on anything that's happened since the since the Disney purchase or things coming in the future. This is such a hard question. <laughs> I I actually don't find it that hard. Oh, okay. You go first then. Yeah, my favorite things to come out of the the past six years are uh, three different things. The Last Jedi. Yeah. Uh, Andor. And Galaxy's Edge in Disney Parks. I was going to say Galaxy's Edge, too. I think it's been so great, honestly, to have yeah. Star Wars land. <laughs> it's it's yeah. so it's so cool. I yeah. think it's invaluable, to be honest. Like, yeah. I, I think – and I, I think we always knew that it was going to be insane when they expanded that. Like, what – as frequent Disney Parks goers, it was like an – ultimate dream even when I was younger for Star Wars to have a bigger presence in the Disney parks and it totally does and it we are the luckiest fans ever because nothing comes close any sort of franchise or anything comes yeah. close to 
what we have and the ever-changing nature of it. It's the best. And I also, I think when I say Galaxy's Edge, I also include the Star Cruiser in that because I think that those are related, even though one is behind a bigger paywall. Um, I think that they, like, you don't have one without the other, right? Or, well, maybe you do. I don't know. Yeah, well, they're they're connected. The park gave way to Star Cruiser, which is a part of the park. Yeah, I would say Galaxy's Edge, too. I think that was really exciting when that opened. And it's cool because there's still so many more things that could come from Galaxy's Edge and ways that they can expand it, ways that they can improve it. I think it's it's such a great, like you said, a great thing that we have. I would also say The Last Jedi is definitely that thing <laughs> that kind of completely changed Star Wars for so many people, for us included. So, yeah, I would probably say Galaxy's Edge the Last Jedi. I would say I would probably say um, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi as well. I think that's yeah. been a favorite. Uh, it's just wild <laughs> that we have that <laughs> piece of media. It's insane. It really is insane. I said Andor because it felt feels like a little bit more groundbreaking, but yeah. Obi Wan Kenobi feels so like unreal. Like I can't believe it exists. Yeah, and it just feels like it totally respected the prequels, which I think is also incredible and something I don't think that we should take lightly at all. So from the Disney purchase, I think, you know, pre-Disney purchase, we were sort of floundering in this era of, (laughs) I don't mean to like wax poetic a little bit about this, but like it was sort of like, what's next? What's in it for for us? Because right now we're, 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 when Disney bought Lucasfilm, Clone Wars was still happening and everything like that, right? But it was still like, okay, so Clone Wars is winding down. What happens when that's over? What does George want to do next? Like George Lucas is getting older and he is like basically personally funding this animated show. And if you didn't like the Clone Wars, what was left was a bunch of like TV specials and like humor pieces. And it was sort of like, what is going on with Star Wars in the future? I don't know. It was still very interesting to me and I was following all of it, but the future seemed unclear. question mark, yeah. Yes. So the immediate change was positive, honestly, in all aspects for Caitlin and I. And I think there, I mean, you, you, Jedediah, wrote all the different things that have come out of this, right? Movies, TV shows, books, parks, comics, merch, everything else. Like there's so much. And we had all of those before, but never this much and never to... I would argue like this quality. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. I think it's just, it's kind of, I think what Jedediah's list shows and also when you think back on the last six years, especially in the last, I would say two to three years, are just all of these kind of brand new things that Star Wars is trying, right? Like Galaxy's Edge, of course, but then Star Cruiser is a completely new concept. The whole thing of it is is no one else is doing anything like that, right? It's completely insane, the whole conceit of of the Halcyon, of the Star Cruiser. You have something like the Higher Public, too, which is a completely insane initiative as well that what other franchise is doing something like the Higher Public when it comes to publishing? I mean, the fact that there is a whole art of book about books <laughs> is is crazy like how that whole thing was developed and and then all of the tv shows that are going on even thinking about something like um the volume and how that was developed it's just it's truly incredible kind of these big things that lucasfilm and 
Star Wars are doing that are brand new in so many respects to, I guess, like the franchise world uh, compared to what other franchises are doing. And of course, I'm not as well versed in what other franchises are doing, but no one else has a Star Cruiser. (laughs) And that's kind of crazy, right? Just the fact that they're willing to to try something like that out. You know what I mean? That's not a small endeavor by any means. Something like The High Republic is not a small endeavor by any means. All of the TV shows that they're putting out, it's just, it's kind of insane. Uh, and yeah, I'm really glad that that they're doing new things too. Even though I think sometimes the conversation can get stuck in a lot of like, oh, we're revisiting this character or we're going back to this time period or something like that. And a lot of the times I I agree with some of those sentiments, but I think when you look at the big picture from the Disney purchase, the last two, two-ish years have been literally insane with new things and new ways of trying to create stories that you can go from something like the volume on the West Coast in California to, which is, you know, like more digital. Um, but then you can also, they're also doing something like Andor wh- where they created what, like an eight acre set and had live music on set, like the orchestral score while they're doing the scene, right? Like you can do it all. And Lucasfilm is doing it all in, in some of those respects, you know? So I think, I think that's really cool. And we're really lucky as fans. Totally. I also should say, I think that I'm glad that you brought up that, like, uh, why are we visiting, revisiting this thing conversation is that I don't think that when you're, we finally reached a point within Star Wars there that there's so much happening. (laughs) There's so many shows. There's so, I mean, there's not that many movies, but there's a lot of movies. There's a lot of books. There's a lot, there's just like a lot going on. Right. And not all of them are going to be perfect or not all of them are going to be the best thing that we've ever seen. And it's weird to get to that point because I think when we got new Star Wars, when we got The Force Awakens in the very beginning, we were like, this is it. This is the best ever. And it it was, right? But it's weird to like be able to sort of pick and choose a lot of things lately. You know, you don't have to do it all. And I think that that is becoming easier than ever. And again, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have, it's not always going to be the best ever. I'm obviously I'm thinking about like the rise of Skywalker and how we approach that and things like that. But I think that there's just like so many different things happening. And I think that we've kind of strayed far from the question about like, what's your favorite thing, but maybe part of what is my favorite thing from the last six years is the amount of things that we've gotten and yeah. the, the sort of variability of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally agree. All right. Our next question is from Joey, who says, congrats on six years. Thank you. And he writes, "Um, my question comes in two parts. First, what is your favorite Star Wars ship? Spaceships like the Falcon, not ships like Raylo or Anidala. And second, if you could fly any ship in Star Wars, what would it be? And he writes, I ask both questions because my favorite ship is the Falcon, but I'd rather fly the Ghost or an X-Wing because they're more reliable. I think my favorite ship is the Falcon 2. Um, but I'd prefer to fly not an X-Wing, but a Jedi Starfighter like in Anakin has in Revenge of the Sith. I love yes. that. Ship. I'd be yeah. so worried about crashing, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> also, also, I hate to say this because now it's like blown up, but I do really love the Razor Crest. The Razor Crest is cool. I, I think it's super sleek. I think the design was great and it doesn't exist anymore, I guess. <laughs> so that's sad. <laughs> but, um, oh, Oh, but I do love the Naboo Starfighter. Now I'm just thinking about Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Dang. Yep. But I like the Jedi Starfighter a little bit more, I think. <laughs> Ekes out uh, on top. Yeah, I my favorite ship is the Colossus. This is no surprise. I think I think I would want to fly the Ghost too, honestly. I love Rebels and the Ghost feels like a home. So I think it would be really fun to fly the Ghost. Or you know what I would also like to fly? I would like to fly, uh, of course I can't. Uh, think of their exact name right now, but the ones in the High Republic that the Jedi fly, long beams, that they're called. Oh yeah, uh, we're just like by how they think, like that's how it flies. I kind of want to fly oh, one of yeah. those. That would be cool. I forgot about those. Those of were course, cool. Yeah, of course I would be able to fly it as well. So yeah, I think I'd want to fly one of those. Right. Okay. Our next question is from David. If you could have witnessed the filming or video recording of one scene from the entire pantheon of Star Wars, which one would it be? This this is such a good question. I know. I know. Like an iconic question. I, I have an answer. I have an answer. I have so many answers. This is the problem. I think I think it's got to be a force bond scene. I, me too. Honestly. <laughs> and I think. Be- because they were filmed so many times. Right. Yeah. I There's think so many different alternatives. <laughs> it might be the one where she's standing outside the Falcon when it's raining or the one where she's like, can you put a shirt on? Not because of Adam Driver. I mean, yes, because of Adam Driver being shirtless in that scene. But also that whole conversation where she's like, I know what happened. And he's like, no, you don't. <laughs> anyway. Okay. I agree. But I actually just thought of a better one. Oh, okay. Okay. It's controversial. Oh, I think I know what you're going to say. The kiss. Oh, I I thought it would be Rise of Skywalker, but I – see, I would do the fight, the conversation with the fight. I did <laughs> want to take your hand. Like, but the filming of it is what the hell was going on there. That's true. How many endings did they film? That's true. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> so that is it. And if, if there's only one ending, I'm also fine with that. It's okay. It's, it's fine. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't think there is, but I still would want to witness how many how many takes did they do? I want to know. And why did they go with that one specifically? What were the other ones? Uh, I would like to watch. That could really open up a whole can of worms for the Rise of Skywalker. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. The, the thing is, is I would go I would go back in time and go to A New Hope and Luke leaving Tatooine with the binary sons, but I would want to bring my iPhone so I could play the music too. Mm. Just to mm-hmm. really get the full vibes <laughs> for myself. Our next question, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced this, it's from Milner MK86. I'm pretty sure I mispronounced that. Their question is, if you could have a dinner party consisting of all non-human aliens, who would you choose? Okay, let's do this real quick. Let's go down the, down the list, okay? Okay. Here we go. Aliens. Oh, this is kind of okay. <laughs> You're like, real quick. Wait a second. <laughs> All right. It's going to be okay. I, I got it. I got it. Okay. It's Chewbacca. It's Wicket. It's Black Chrysanthemum. It's, <laughs> it's Jar Jar Banks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's Aura Sang. <laughs> and who else? Um, let's do Job of the Hut. Yeah. Yeah, I'm bringing Black Chrysanthemum at top. That's all you need at my uh, I'm bringing him. I'm, I am going to bring Jabba the Hutt as well. Uh, Charlotte and I have to tell you guys about our recent love affair with Jabba yes. the Hutt, which is hilarious. Um, yeah, I'm bringing him. I'm bringing Jabba the Hutt. I am bringing Hondo. I think that would be really fun. Uh, I, I'm getting into like a weird thing 
like creatures versus aliens but I also that's why I stopped myself when I was like let's go I'm like (laughs) I know the thing is I'm gonna do like a mixture and I hope that's okay Okay. um so I'm gonna bring Black Chris Hansen, Jabba the Hutt and Hondo but then for fun watching all of them deal with it I'm gonna bring a couple of puffer pigs and uh (laughs) an Arathtar just to see what they yeah I just want to see what they do what happens they're gonna die you're right. I don't want I don't want Black Crescent to die. Um <laughs> just to see what they do. I don't know. Have you ever heard of the Trillion Massacre? <laughs> but maybe they're on a ship. Maybe they're like contained. Okay. Sure. What would Conjuglove say? I don't know. Yeah. Let's ask Conjuglove. Okay. One more time with feeling. What would Conjuglove say? <laughs> I wanna well, I wanna bring whatever um what is Hondo's friend? What is he? An Ugnaught, right? Yes, 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 yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. I'm going to bring... Okay, this is it. Black Chrysanthemum, uh, Jabba the Hutt, Hondo, and then my two Gamorrean guards from Book of Boba Fett. Rest <laughs> in peace. That's who I'm your, bringing. Your besties. I love them so much. <laughs> and I miss them. Yeah. Okay, so we got to tell you about our Jabba the Hutt oh, yeah. recent obsession. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, Caitlin and I were at coffee a couple weeks ago in Georgia, and... Caitlin was looking at something on Instagram and showed me this post from this creator on Instagram whose name is Mighty Jabba's Collection. Look it up right now. Um, And this person is a 3D printer um, person who collects collects a lot of Jabba the Hut things, but the Jabba content couldn't be better. The, 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 The weirdness of what is being both 3D printed and collected is just absolutely fabulous it's really and good. it will make you fall in love with Jabba the Hutt you didn't know you needed Jabba the Hutt in the same color as an old MacBook which is he looks like an orange like he looks like a, a clementine an a, unpeeled clementine <laughs> okay oh a, a peeled pithy. clementine I guess. a little pithy or so pithy my personal favorite is when he posted just uh before Christmas with the Jabba as Santa Claus yes that Oh, wow. Santa Jabba. Santa Jabba is a personal favorite. Anyway. I think I think just seeing Jabba in this playful mode um, has really unlocked something in our brains. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're obsessed. <laughs> I'm very – like, I, I really like this account. It's super fun. And anyway, you should absolutely follow them on Instagram. Yes. Okay. The next question is from Red Hawk. How does it feel to be part of the inside with Lucasfilm? we're not part of the inside with Lucasfilm. Yeah, we're we're not on the inside and I know that that sounds like, oh, but you are. And I would say that yes, I guess in some respects we are because clearly we've had so many fantastic opportunities the past year. You kind of can't to say that we're not on the inside. It feels kind of disgenuous, but I will also say that there's usually never any rhyme or reason. Um we get contacted by different people for these events. It's not Sometimes it's the same person, but usually everything is by a different person, if that makes sense, like our contacts for interviews or when we have been invited to certain events, um, they're by different people. Some of them we now know, some of them we don't. Uh, I wish I could tell you the secret formula, but I we don't we don't even know it ourselves. But I will say being now what feels like in, I guess, part of the press cycle, because I feel like that's kind of where we are right now, where we're at least on a list for a good number of people that work at Lucasfilm or Disney. It's kind of unclear (laughs) that 
it it feels really nice. I can't lie. It's kind of crazy. I mean, we got to interview Hayden Christensen. <laughs> I, I like I I I don't even I don't even know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. Be, if if you wanted to find quote unquote inside as being on a couple lists, it feels like the best thing that ever happened. Yeah. <laughs> so I um I I know that we say this on the podcast a lot and I don't know if we could ever say it enough, but the um, gratitude I feel towards having this like specific dream come true is like unreal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, yeah, it feels really good, but I, like Caitlin mentioned, it's still sort of like a very much of a mystery process as I'm sure you could probably imagine working with like a big company like Disney, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I, you say we're the same age and that's the dream in your question. I don't think we read it, but um yeah, it is the dream and it feels so nice. Um, yeah. 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 We're, we're extremely grateful. And this past year has just been, yeah, like I said, it's been a whirlwind. It's been overwhelming. It's been exciting. It's been, it's been so much fun. It's been so unexpected, honestly. I think that's always been part of our goals, like our, our big goals to, you know, interview Hayden Christian. Well, I don't even think, I don't even know if we would have ever put Hayden Christian. <laughs> I just, I need to say something. Do you remember when Hayden Christensen was part of the original lineup of the interview and then he couldn't do it last yeah. minute? And I was like, of course he couldn't do it last minute. Like that was never going to happen. Yeah. There was no possible way that that was going to happen. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. And then it did happen. Yeah. And he, he's such a good guy that he was like, you know what? Nope. I'm going to go back. I'm going to do that. Got to do those rounds of interviews, those two hours of press. And Caitlin and Shard are going to be part of it. <laughs> He's, he said that personally. Uh, yeah, he did. <laughs> no, he, he didn't. Uh, I'm just joking for us. Uh, yeah, I think at the end of 2021, I had put, I was like, I think after 2021, I think we would be able to have some kind of contact with Deborah Chow for, leading up to Kenobi. That was kind of my like pie in the sky interview at the end of 2021. And so... To, to have gotten that was incredible because she's incredible, amazing. And I don't think I really even fathomed what else could have come along with that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, to be, yeah, it feels weird to say the inside with Lucasfilm because there's still so much that we don't know. Like Charlotte said, things are still like a big mystery and there's never kind of any warning when you get an email that's like this interview is coming up or this event is coming up. Um, but we've been really blessed to be able to, to take part in all of it. So, um, thank you all for listening. And we absolutely could not have done that without all of you listening and being so supportive. So thank you for, for following along on this journey with us for the past year. It's, it's meant a lot to us. Yes. And six years. It's not just the last year, right? Like, Well, you know, the last whole... year specifically because yeah, <laughs> kind of yeah. feels like that was a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was. It yeah. Was. Okay. So our next question is from Nicole, Nicole Bass. If you had to pick one of your previous dinner lineups this year, which would you pick and why? I would definitely pick last year's lineup with Colin Trevorrow and... Ming-Na Wen, Leslie Headland, uh, Ryan, and uh, Gareth Edwards. Because I, I put that one at a tiki bar in San Francisco, and I stand by that choice. Yeah, I do that one. Okay, so I'm going to wildcard it. And my 2020 dinner, which would never happen anyway, it's 2020, 
I think is a good one. Ryan Johnson, Kiri Hart, Dave Filoni, Adam Driver, and then the kicker, Redeem Ben Solo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be a good one. I like that one. Yeah. 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 Our next question is from Hispanic Coast Down, who says, that's my birthday too. So I'm assuming January 11th. So happy, happy birthday if you're listening to this on your birthday. Uh, their question is, thus far, what have you not achieved that is a goal? There, there are two. I would say. Okay. What are the two? What, what are the two? Uh, the two that we, I think, are kind of our, our big goals are uh, going to Skywalker Ranch and yeah. Dave Filoni on the show. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I also think we have like a big download goal in mind that yeah. is a big goal. But yeah, it, it's Dave and the ranch. Yeah. It's actually, personally, it's not just the ranch. It's I'd really like together to go to Lucasfilm. It doesn't have to be the ranch. Like, Caitlin has been to Lucasfilm mm. and gone on a tour, but I think it would be really great if we could go together. Yeah. And, but it's the ranch, for sure. Ranch, yeah. Dave Filoni. One-on-one. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, on one. maybe together at the same, yeah. at the same time. We got to get that, yeah. last, uh, that last Yoda fountain picture. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Unlock that last one. <laughs> <laughs> what do we get when we get all three? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. I don't know. I'll, I'll Literally feel, nothing. I'll feel so happy. <laughs> Just absolute glee. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean. Well, the, the thing is, is like there's not, there's one more actually. It's not just the ranch. I'm pretty sure there's one at the like yeah. retreat on the, on Skywalker Ranch property. Okay, but like it's all there. That's doable. If if we're there, we'll we'll make the hike where, wherever we gotta go. You know what I mean? Yeah, so true, so true. Okay, our next question is from Erica Carroll. How would you recommend starting content creation for fandom, just like you guys? Okay, starting content creation for fandom, just like us, would probably consist of being super passionate about like one single topic, and our single topic is Star Wars, and then also making sure that you're being consistent. With things, I think consistency was like a huge key to Caitlin and I having any sort of modicum of of uh, success and having a clear schedule. I think Caitlin and I have kind of like fallen off the clear schedule, but in the very beginning, we were really tight on that biweekly mm-hmm. schedule, like so on it. And I think that we would love to get back to that, but I really do think that having consistency and um, whether that's you say content creation, podcasting, I think is the same for like TikTok, for Instagram, for any sort of social media. Consistency really is the key to all of it. But I think the number one piece of advice that Caitlin and I always give when it comes to starting a podcast or being in the influencer space or anything like that is know why you're there. Um, Caitlin and I started the podcast because we love to talk about Star Wars together and we love to be a part of everything that has to do with Star Wars. And we just really wanted to be part of a conversation. And that is what we did over six years ago now. And it took a while for us to get to a point where we feel like super confident and we definitely have made mistakes. And definitely like if I think back on our older episodes, like they're cringe, but like you have to be willing to cringe and to uh, put yourself out there and things like that. I mean, I think this is this is sort of um, hopefully not like boring advice, but the ability to cringe <laughs> at, at yourself and also put yourself out there is like such a huge key. There are things that when we started podcasting that I was like, 
I will never talk about this because I want to like close off this part of my life, which is fan fiction. I never wanted to talk about fan fiction. That was like the first thing that Caitlin and I wrote on our first episode. I wrote a piece of paper, do not mention fan fiction. And I can't even imagine me doing that now, but that was a mistake. Like I feel like once we started talking about our entire fandom experience, the better the entire experience got. I cannot believe I would even not want to talk about fan fiction. It's so <laughs> crazy. And anyway, so the point of that is uh, just to make mistakes and understand that you will grow and evolve and change as long as you're consistent and you know why you're doing it. And for us, like I mentioned, it was because we love Star Wars and we just felt like we were talking about it all the time and it just felt super natural Yeah, for us. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with everything with everything Charlotte said. And I'd say we we wanted to be a part of the community in a bigger way rather than just like existing on Twitter or whatever with ourselves and kind of like watching, I guess I would say, from the sidelines, people's conversations about Star Wars and stuff like that. So that's kind of what we felt uh, we could offer of being like two girls and best friends talking about Star Wars, talking about the prequels, uh, which it didn't feel like people were at the time. And yeah, that's, yeah, I can't really add anything more to what you said, um, knowing why you're doing it and consistency and yeah, having fun with it. Yeah. Having fun with it is key. I think part of the reason why Caitlin and I wanted to create Star Wars was we saw a gap in sort of the positive space of Star Wars too. And I think that that is still true today. I don't think that you can have enough people talking about Star Wars in a way that isn't like spiteful in a lot of the sense. And of course, I'm not talking about like critics and things like that. I'm talking about people who are taking over the space in a racist, misogynistic way. I think that if we can do anything to shift the focus of Star Wars fandom away from anything that is loud like that, I think that that is important. But also like being aware that that is a space that you're entering in that that exists. And it's something I don't really think about a lot, but it was something that I thought about a lot in the beginning mm -hmm. of we are two women entering the space, talking about things that, again, like you mentioned, felt a little controversial and different. And we've definitely gotten our fair share of hate, maybe not fair, but I think that learning how to deal with that, learning, I don't know, I'm, I'm ranting now. I think I'm going off on a, on a tangent, but, um, We've learned a lot. And again, I think that's part of it. Like you just have to be willing to learn a lot and change and grow. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I hope you start it soon, whatever your, yes. whatever your content let creation us is soon. Yes, please let us know, Erica, what you start and what you do. And if you're on TikTok, let me know. I will follow you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have two questions next from Jordi Jedi Pete. First one is, you're in the Star Wars universe about to start your adventure. What type of droid is your companion? Um, my companion is R2-D2. Yeah. Period. I, think I, I know it's the type of droid, and it'll probably be an R2 unit if I can't have R2-D2, but it's going to be R2-D2. Yeah, I think it's got to be R2-D2. Um, although it could be it could be Chopper. I feel like Chopper is good, but you know... I was, yeah, I'm surprised you went straight for R2. R2 given your love of Chop. I do love Chopper, so freaking much. <laughs> I, you know what? You'll take R2. I'll take Chopper. We'll go together. It's okay. we'll, we'll be on this Star Wars adventure together. We'll have R2-D2 and Chopper. We'll be set. We will. We will be so set. <laughs> Their next okay. question is, what is the one piece of Star Wars merch you want for the collection but don't own yet? This is so easy. Oh, what is yours? Oh, my. This is yours, too. I know it is. You just 
haven't thought of it. Oh, I know what it is. You just say it. It's the Ralph McQuarrie concept yeah. art. <laughs> okay, so we want an original Ralph McQuarrie yeah. artwork. Period. Wow. Done. If, even if it's like honestly a tiny little sketch, mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah, no, I if literally will and do something not care up. at all. I, I'm, I'm gonna open up a new credit card just to buy it if I need to do it. Yeah. So. yeah. Here's the thing that's so crazy. If you, if this is your first time listening, Caitlin and I actually stumbled upon in Celebration Chicago a table that was selling Ralph McQuarrie artwork at a, a, a relatively low rate. Right? We're not talking thousands of dollars. Is is what we're saying? Like we're in the hundreds. So, um. We were like, should we do it? Should we? I think we had some place to go. We, we passed it up. We didn't have some place to go. Oh, no, no, no. I have to say we didn't buy it. I'm sure we had some place to go. <laughs> we, I was like, okay, you're making it sound really bad. Here. No, 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 no. We didn't. The, the end of the story is we didn't buy it. And we, didn't we have buy it. major regrets. And we found out that that was a special table, a special booth that was only there no. for that afternoon, put no. on by his family. Mm, it hurts. It hurts so bad. <laughs> so a wound I think that's I will also never like heal from. the reason why we want it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. One Crazy. day. One day. It'll it'll happen. It Who could knows? happen in London this it year. It could happen it in could. London. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. Really I'm really excited for what weird merch we will come back with from London. So I am so ready. Yeah. I'm very ready. <laughs> Yeah, I need to like open a bank account separately so that I could buy weird stuff and not feel bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, our next question is from Christina, who asks, which moment moment in the six years of Sky Talkers was a whoa, did that really happen moment? Oh, I think it's it's got, like a broken record. It's gotta be Star Cruiser and the Hayden Christensen interview. It's the Hayden Christensen interview for me. I think that the Star Cruiser was like craziest thing of my entire life for so many reasons. But I really did say, whoa, did that really happen after we closed the laptop after talking to Hayden Christensen? Because everything about that entire situation was so crazy. I mentioned earlier that he was actually canceled as part of the original press tour with UN Moses and Deborah. So it was sort of like, that's not going to happen. And then the next week we were going to California and it was like, this is just not going to happen. He's too busy. Like this is when the press tour begins. He's traveling everywhere. He's not going to make up for it. It's over. We're never going to talk to Hayden Christensen on the podcast. And like, that was never going to happen. And we just need to pretend that that was never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and then what happened was Caitlin and I were together in California for a couple days before celebration to go to Disneyland and Usually when we do these interviews, we're in two separate locations because they come up fast and Caitlin and I don't live in the same state. But what was really special is that Caitlin and I actually got to do this one together. So we were in our hotel room, our mic disconnected. Uh, Caitlin had to sit on like 45 pillows Mm -hmm. in order to appear in the same frame because (laughs) the chair situation was insane and uh, in the hotel room. And it was just so special that we were able to do that together. And then afterwards, we went down, yeah. had a celebratory drink. Um, after I sobbed, I, that's that's <laughs> the thing. That's the thing. I was crying so hard after we closed that laptop, and it was this insane release. Yeah. And so, yeah, Christina, that was my whoa. Did that really happen? Moment. I, Star Cruiser, it's definitely up there, and it's definitely part of it. But 
Hayden Christensen to me is like the most full circle thing that ever happened. Like he is the reason I am a Star Wars fan. Yeah. I, we would not have – Sky Talkers would not exist if Hayden Christensen wasn't cast in Revenge of the Sith if I hadn't watched that movie. Like truly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think you're right. Being able to actually do that specific interview together kind of takes it over, over the top, I think, for both of us because that it, – it really was. It was just – it was insane that it even happened, that it came together, that they were like, yeah, in two hours, he's he's here. He's ready. Get get on. Get on the call. So we've, we've done a f- our fair number of interviews from hotel rooms, actually. Yes. <laughs> For some yep. reason, we've actually done a number of them <laughs> from hotel rooms. But that one was definitely, definitely the most special. And I think we were really lucky in that one, too, that that interview was with Um, other Star Wars people that we knew like in the Star Wars community and it was also only four other people in it too Uh, in other interviews we've done it's been a bigger roundtable situation which I think is great too because again I want more people to be a part of this process and to be asking questions and stuff like that Um, so I I like having the bigger roundtables too you get a lot of different perspectives and a lot of different questions but for the Hayden one to have a smaller group, um, we it was really we were really lucky uh, because it just meant that we got to ask more questions. And yeah, it is it is just kind of wild to imagine that we were you know 13 years old reenacting the Mustafar breakup scene in my basement, and then you got to tell Hayden that like you are a Star Wars fan because of him, like to his face, and that's kind of crazy in like a small group set- setting. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. I know. I know. We've talked about this a, a million times on the show. Too much, this year. maybe. So but it's it. Yeah. You're right. I don't think it really can be topped. Um, it's yeah. It's it's incredible. Our next question is from Johnny, who asked the best Star Wars event you've ever experienced. And the thing is, is like in that previous question, I might have said Star Cruiser if the Hayden Christensen didn't happen. But I think for this, I will have to say. Star Star Cruiser. Um, that was absolutely insane. When we got that email, it felt like a spam email. The mm-hmm. are you're invited. It felt like a I get like every day an email from Walt Disney World asking me to go on a trip and spend money there. <laughs> um, <laughs> this one I was I could not believe what I was looking at. And Caitlin didn't answer her phone for an hour and a half. It's fine. <laughs> and, and I, I just like, this is fake. This isn't real. Like, what is going on? Like, what is happening here? It felt like a phishing email. And then it, it yeah. absolutely wasn't. That was yeah. so crazy. And just the fact that, like, we no one had ever done that before. No one had been to the Star Cruiser. There was no photos. Like, it was so wild. Yeah. And um, however, I say that because I think the Star Cruiser was – in absolutely insane and it was the best star wars experience probably ever the solo premiere was insane i don't think we talk about it enough either (laughs) um in 20 what year was that 2018 we went to the solo premiere and it was like a gaggle of celebrities were just constantly coming through and including George Lucas. So the reason why I mentioned that is because we were in the presence and like about a foot away from George Lucas. Yeah. And yeah. that was crazy. That was crazy. Yeah. Um, And for me, like that entire premiere experience, the first time I ever went to a premiere, same with you. And um, it was just like a, 
I felt like I was going to like pass out (laughs) (laughs) over like the door opening and then like a different Star Wars celebrity coming through. It was crazy. (laughs) And then that was the first time you met Dave Filoni too. Same with me. Yeah. Um, Which is also, I think, remarkable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think these moments have like all of these events that we've been to have things that stand out about them so much. Like when I think about the solo premiere, yes, that whole like parade of celebrities is uh, like incredible. But honestly, what stands out to me is is after the premiere and getting all of those solo shots. Sorry for the pun. Uh, those <laughs> solo shots with the Falcon because the the solo premiere had had a full size Falcon there on the red carpet, and we somehow got to take pictures when no one else was there after the movie ended. Like everyone left, and we saw that the Falcon was still there and the guard was like, oh, you want to go in? Like, you can go in because you have badges. And so we got to go in and take pictures in front of the Falcon when, like, no one else was there. And I don't know. That always stands out in my memory. It's just kind of so crazy. And I think the Halcyon was also just kind of in, like, I... I I can't even. I can't even. And to speak on being on the inside of Lucasfilm, I... Charlotte and I both have literally no idea who invited us to the Halcyon. Like there wasn't even a we name don't on the email. We have no idea. Like uh, to this day, there's no indication of like a a person or like a team, a PR team. Like I literally, we've gone through the list that we have, and none of those people were involved in the Halcyon. So I I genuinely have no idea how uh, we got invited. That is honestly the biggest mystery of the the inside of Lucasfilm of Disney. I, I literally don't even know. <laughs> I think that also is why it feels so crazy because it was just like a like a marketing email. And then there was, um, I guess, like a like a PR person that kind of organized us actually getting there. But she wasn't from Disney or, or she was from Disney, but she wasn't like from Lucasfilm. She wasn't she was like a random parks person who like did events planning you I wouldn't know what say I mean? random I, I mean I this wouldn't say random a, but like a high a high job they're not yeah random. they're like, not they random but lot. it's like no one that we've ever interacted with really yeah. <laughs> on kind of any level so it anyway that was that if was it was you of, please let us know <laughs> yeah please I would love <laughs> we're to say eternally thank you. grateful <laughs> uh yes. but yeah that was that whole thing was just incredible and my family they're not Star Wars people trying to explain what the Star Cruiser was to them was like kind of crazy and a difficult (laughs) thing to do but I think that was when when I told them about that trip they were like oh that's kind of serious and like you're you're getting to go for free and I was like yeah and I think that was when it kind of clicked for them like oh huh (laughs) that's a lot (laughs) and the experience in and of itself was just absolutely incredible but I will say I think celebration is like unique in itself there is nothing better than celebration it's true like it's really true I I think I would have to put celebration kind of above everything honestly like above premieres uh, above the halcyon honestly yeah 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 I agree I agree it's just so fun and we've had so many great experiences at celebration met so many fantastic people I really think celebration has to take number one for me yeah, I I do agree with you. I'll never miss another celebration in my whole life. And it's because every single time it is unique, but also equally special. And 
also like very inspiring um like across the board and I don't know if like you get that yeah. from a premiere or I mean I think you could be inspired by the Star Cruiser like truly but yeah, I yeah. think <laughs> the celebration is Star Wars celebration is so special it mm-hmm. is the most special convention and what like being able to podcast there in front of a packed room was like what mm-hmm. I, I don't even I can't yeah I, <laughs> yeah I know I I I totally agree it's like I don't know celebration I say this every year but I'm like who else has their convention called a celebration right Right. it's just it's so special it really is Mm. all right we've we've waxed poetic enough about good times yeah Yeah, (laughs) our next question uh oh this is another one where we have a couple ones do we want to do all of them or let's do the top two okay we have a couple of questions from Rapine182. And their first question is, I'll ask this one since we were just talking about it. If you could add one thing to the Star Cruiser, what would it be? I would add I would add more Imperial characters or First Order characters, I would say. Okay. Um, there's one main First Order character, and he's great. But I think having gone on the, the quote-unquote dark side on Star Cruiser, uh, I would have loved to have other kind of um, uh, first order characters to have been in that experience too because there are a lot on the other side on the resistance side which is great and they're all great too but I think I think they could do some more first order characters Mm -hmm. I agree I it's hard for me to pick something to change with the star cruiser because I feel like it's kind of perfect but the um I actually was thinking if I were to add like a restaurant or a food place I think I would add a open a lot um coffee place like Mm -hmm. a a spacey coffee place on the star cruiser because i think the sublight lounge is like super cool love it and want to spend a lot of time there but imagine if there was uh like chandrillon coffee place chandrillon calf yes calf i can't believe i said coffee a couple times without saying calf i i also know one other thing that we would both change about star cruiser and I feel oh, like this what? is the big one. <laughs> uh, you would be able to leave your blinds up at nighttime. So true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. There's You have your windows, right? Uh, and there's like this big ring of lights around the window. You can't sleep. I mean, you could sleep with the lights on, but they're pretty bright when all of the lights are off in your cabin. And the only way to turn them off is to like close the window. So like this, this like big blind comes down and you can't see out into space. And I was really jazzed about the idea of falling asleep with space out my window. And you can't really do that, which is kind of because it's, it's really bright. Yeah, it's very bright. So I would they need a that. night mode. Yeah, they need a yeah. night mode. Totally. All right. And Rabid182's next question was original movie, show, book, or comic, what kind of story would you want told? Comedy, romance, et cetera. Um, I want a romance, but I don't want a rom-com. I want a romance. I know that that's controversial, but like I want like a drama style romance. Like we need more romance in Star Wars period. Yeah. So I was watching Titanic the other day. Like I think we need another like sweeping romance to take over Star Wars. Yeah, I totally agree. I would love like a rom-com or like a workplace comedy. I think it would be funny like in the Senate. <laughs> but I kind of think I, I've always said I want a political thriller in the prequel era. I think that would be really cool to have, uh, which I would absolutely put a romance into that story too. So I would really like to see that. 
Okay, our next question is from Blast Points, who asks, for you both, what is the most underrated Star Wars anything? I love this question, and it's very difficult for me. I don't know if it's difficult for you, but it's funny how this answer changes a lot to me. Um, I think Star Wars is hard. Like, underrated Star Wars is hard because I think that Star Wars is a huge franchise where, like, saying something is underrated. Like, I know a lot of people say, like, Rogue One is underrated, but it like made a billion dollars. I don't know if it's underrated, <laughs> but I, um, I think rebels is underrated. I think rebels is underrated. Oh, really? these days. Yeah. I think that probably the tide for that is about to shift just based off of the time. But, um, I think not enough people watch rebels after they watch clone wars. And I think if you like the Jedi or things like that, I just don't think people give rebels enough airtime enough chances mm. and i i think we know that rebels is going to be like very important to the n- new canon coming up and i think that again i think this tide is about to shift but right now where we stand i just don't think enough people watch rebels and uh people who do like watch rebels love rebels so yeah. i think it's underrated i think that's a, a good answer i I don't know what my answer is. I would say I think Resistance is underrated too. I think season one of Resistance is so yeah. good. I think it still has one of the best premieres of an animated show. Uh, Honestly, the second the season two finale is so good two. too. It's season two premiere and the season two finale of Resistance are top notch. Yeah, it's unfortunate that that was the f- like the finale finale and not the yeah. season finale, but that season finale is so good yeah, and really like brings things together in a really nice way. Anyway. It's it's really good. I think Resistance is underrated. I think it got caught in like a weird time in Star Wars, which is unfortunate. Uh, but season one is so good. And I think the premiere is really good too. And I don't know, it had a lot of really interesting underlying themes as far as the galaxy and people's loyalties that I don't think people really talk enough about. And I think I think it was really cool. And we had a mom in that show <laughs> with um, uh, brand new information. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Listen, there aren't that many moms in Star Wars. I know it's true. I'm not I'm not making yeah. fun of it. I'm just making fun of the way that you said it. It's just funny. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was kind of funny. But I don't know. I think I think it's I think it's a really it had a lot of interesting layers in that show that I wish had gotten more time to be expanded on. Uh, so I think that's kind of underrated. I'll continue to say, I think that maybe not now as much, but I still think the prequels are a little underrated and, um, that's just me putting out more prequel love into the universe. Do you think the sequels are underrated? Uh, I don't think they're underrated. I think it's just like their time to be the least favorite trilogy. Like, I think it's just, it's going to be like a cycle in Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like everything in its due time. And right now, I do feel like right now everyone's talking about how much they hate the sequel trilogy and how it's like the like, least favorite trilogy. And I'm like, just like, no, we all, we love the sequel trilogy. It's just driving me insane. It's like I don't I don't know why. I it's I just feel like I'm taking crazy pills because the movies are like pretty well made, right? And yeah. I, um, yeah, the Rise of Skywalker not my fave. It's no secret, but I still think that 
the two movies before it are like really good and really well done and extremely entertaining movies. And it just really surprises me. I just, you're right. It is, it does feel like in the cycle, if we want to like subscribe to that, that it is their time, it is its time to be its least favorite. But it's just so unfortunate that we have to like subscribe to these cycles. I know. I don't understand why we have to do that. It drives me insane. It's just, it's how, it's how time with a capital T works but why <laughs> and i, I want to break the cycles <laughs> <laughs> we tried <laughs> i know <laughs> i think once they there's always like there's a lot of conversation too about how they haven't been you know like they're avoiding the sequel trilogy with not putting out you know like tv shows that take place in that time frame and you know i agree to a certain extent but i'm also like it's really only been like now what three years since that trilogy has ended that's not actually that much time in the grand scheme of things so I think I think the time for the return to the sequel trilogy characters, the sequel trilogy timeline, even is is coming soon. Uh, I would I would put money on that, and I think Very with sad. it will be a resurgence of oh, like let's let's all revisit these movies again, and yeah, and I'm I'm really ready for that. I was rewatching um, the parts of the director of the Jedi the other day. I'm like, oh my gosh, the other day in December, uh, <laughs> a couple weeks ago. And it's just, it's so good. There's such good, Last Jedi has such good behind the scenes features. And I don't know, it's such like a great part of that, of that trilogy. And I want to see more of that and more of these characters. So I'm ready. It's happening. I think if you, it's not even a rumor, like it's, it's happening. We're going to be exploring after this sequel trilogy. So I hope that it's treated i hope the sequel trilogy is treated with like reverence i guess um in this and i think it will be just given how i think that i don't know maybe i'm wrong about that i was gonna say how the prequels were treated but it's a little different so i don't i don't know well it's it's all to be seen and we'll certainly be talking about it so (laughs) stay tuned (laughs) our eight-year anniversary we're coming back to ray (laughs) next i think personally i think that announcement that i'm talking around about the the movies being developed after the rise of skywalker is coming at celebration so i'm I'm very here for that yeah i think that if it's not at celebration, then it'll be at some Disney day or whatever the heck. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Disney day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our next question is from Kelly Ma- Kelly's Magical Vacations, and she asks, "If you could get rid of one Star Wars character, who would it be?" Coming for the throat, Kelly. <laughs> Yeah, Kelly's such a bold question. (laughs) Also, I just have to give a huge shout out to Kelly because Kelly was a big part of our 2022. Actually, she planned. We've talked about Kelly's magical vacations on the podcast before. It's worth mentioning again. Kelly will plan your Disney vacation free of charge, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she uh, she planned Caitlin's like 30th birthday trip that we made to Disney earlier this year, and that was amazing. Yeah, I'll, I'll provide a link as I usually do. Anyway. Kelly's coming for the throw here with this question. If I could get rid of one Star Wars character, who would it be? This is interesting because I think it could be like out of universe and then in universe. In universe, I think I would get rid of... You're not thinking about that at all, are you? No. (laughs) Okay. In universe, I would get rid of the Sidious um, and Palpatine. You get rid of Sidious? Yes. Everything would be so much better if he was gone. Oh, you mean like to solve the problem? (laughs) Yes. Okay, got it. (laughs) Immediately. Got it. And outside of it... I don't know. 
Who would you get rid of? I'm curious. I, Maybe it'll inform mine. I don't. This is, this is a hard question. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I have like a a half answer. I've said this for a while now. It's Poe. In this is so sad. I know, but that's the thing. I don't. I don't like this. Answer. You don't actually mean it because I, you like the character I of really Poe. Like the character of Poe, but we all know that Poe was supposed to die in The Force Awakens, and then you know Oscar Isaac is so charming and incredible that everyone was like, you know what, let's keep him alive. Which you know, fair <laughs> conclusion. Uh, but I think that I think that Poe ended up taking a lot of screen time in in the next movies. And again, it's not that that screen time is bad, but I do think that in some cases it took away from Finn's storyline, um, particularly in The Rise of Skywalker. Um, and also in The Last Jedi, honestly, Poe had a really big storyline in The Last Jedi, which was good. But I think I don't know. I think it might have been better to have kept the cast a little bit more pared down or I don't know, maybe if he didn't have as big a role in those films. I'm not sure. It's like a bad answer, but I think I well, think got elevated from a B character to an A character. I know. And and like it's not that that's bad because like I freaking love Oscar Isaac. I never know how to talk about this because I love the character. I love Poe. I love Oscar Isaac. I'm so glad he's in Star Wars. But I think I kind of wonder what the trajectory would have been through the rise of Skywalker if if we had kept with that first storyline, I guess is really all I'm saying. I just think it would have opened up a lot more for yeah. Finn and also, honestly, Ray too. I, I Yeah. Truly. I, I feel bad saying it. I don't like it. I know. It's bad. It's not, it's not great. <laughs> um, I... I don't know if I have an answer. I'm sorry. I just don't have an answer. I think that my in-universe answer I think is how my you're, answer. How you're like, let's just get rid of Sidious. Let's get rid of all conflict. Yeah, let's, my, let's just do it. Oh, let's bro. just like, kumbaya forever. <laughs> Goodbye, Sidious. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know what? You, you know what? No. Uh, never mind. No, never no, mind. no. You got to say it now. I was just thinking about how rude that little cousin of Leia's was. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. (laughs) I don't like anyone who bullies little Leia. I just like want them to not be a part of Star Wars. Get out of here. He's out. (laughs) And even it's funny because like think about the like most hated Star Wars characters of the year, right? And you think about Mon Mothma's husband. I'd keep him. I think I would even keep Perrin. I'm keeping Perrin. I'm keeping Perrin. I like the I like the conflict. It's but like the little like brat who is so (laughs) rude and and bullies Leia. Like I don't like that. I don't tolerate bullies. What's the name of the guy (laughs) that everyone was so sad died in in Obi Wan Kenobi and they said his name like a bajillion times. We're like for him. Like like Hank. Like who's Hank? I don't know. We, I don't we could remember. have had. We could have had. That's the point. We could have had a force <laughs> ghost in the time that we said goodbye to Hank. So maybe I'll get rid of Hank, whoever that guy was. Right. <laughs> just made up a character. It's not you didn't. I know what you're talking yeah, about. It's the, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's when Obi Wan is with the with the floundering rebel, however they're calling themselves, and they send in the one guy, and he doesn't make it out, and they're so sad about it for like a long time. They're really sad about it, and not that they can't be sad. It's just. We took a lot of time being sad about this guy who we saw for like two seconds. It was like that guy got more mourning than Ben Solo did. So I think that's kind of like my gauge of. <laughs> that's what we're always up against. Yeah, yeah. 
So Sarah from Friends of the Forest asks, after six years of potting together, what's the one thing you've learned about yourself or each other? This is a good question. This is a hard question. I think I think about Charlotte, it's that she's just really good at this. Like she's good at what That's she- what I was gonna say about you. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> I Charlotte is is really good. Like she does social media for her job, but it informs so much of how we exist, like in the online space. And so much of our success is due to like her genius in that side of things and how we create content, the like actual physical creation of it, how it always looks so nice and polished. That's like hugely because of her. And it's 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 a lot of work and she's really, really good at it. That's really nice. Thank you. I was going to say you're really good at it too, but I was going to say in a different way that as someone who I feel like I always come at Caitlin with like a lot. And then Caitlin's really good at grounding everything <laughs> and being like, no, no, we shouldn't do that. Or like we should maybe think about it this way. And I'm always actually, as the person who edits the show, right, I'm always really blown away by how Caitlin can start, sort of start and stop a thought when like something happens and restart. <laughs> it's, a, it's a skill. Okay. And then, <laughs> and then also how you're always able to bring a point around when sometimes I feel like I'm a little ranty. You're really good at being able to come to a point, to make a thesis statement, to talk about things in a very, very intelligent way that it sounds intelligent and not rambly. And I feel like when I'm sort of editing myself, I'm always like, oh God. But then Caitlin, you're able to like do it succinctly. And I'm like, okay, well, that's good. I'm glad that that happens. And it's funny. Sorry, I don't mean to go on this tangent, but which is exactly what I'm talking about. See what I mean? I feel like when I am editing the show, something that is not a strength of mine when I am recording the show like we are right now is that I, when I edit, I think about like, oh, that was, I don't remember Caitlin saying that or like I must have zoned out in that moment or something like that. I'm always like, oh, wow, she said that. And I wish I could have said this or I should have done this. And I think you're very present when you record, which I think is a sort of inside baseball thing, but I really wish I was more present in conversations. Maybe just not, not just podcasting, but like in general, um, because I'm, I guess it's probably cause I'm like, I'm an anxious person. See, that's so funny. I was going to say the same thing about you. <laughs> cause oh, like, God. I know, no, I know that I do think you're present. Cause I go back when I listen to the show afterwards and I'm like, Oh wow. Like that was a really good thing that she said. I should have like, now I have this new thought about what you just, it's said. always the new thought. Yeah. It's always and I'm like, oh, I should have said that then, or I wish I had like, what were you doing? <laughs> okay. I'm glad this is a universal experience, but it just doesn't feel like that. going to be honest well, as the editor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you have like the, the hard job of like milling through all of our BS and all the starts and pauses. And I, even as I'm talking right now, I'm like, that's probably a pause. She's going to edit out just a little bit <laughs> to make it probably. a little shorter. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I uh, know I don't I don't I think you get to the point a lot more than I do you have such like a, a much better memory too of like the minutiae in Star Wars than I do that and like remembering what people have said or like where a certain interview comes from and I forget that stuff all the time 
Um, but you usually always know it, which I think is like a really good skill. <laughs> and it's I sort feel- of like, why is it in my brain though? <laughs> But we like clearly it should because it comes up like it's clearly yeah. it should be there. <laughs> True. What I I don't know about you, but what I learned about myself though is sort of how to make sure that I'm not just saying I thought that was good, you know, or I just thought that was bad. But yeah. to sort of be able to back it up, and sometimes I succeed and sometimes I don't. But just the knowledge that that's something you have to do is so important and something I take with me out of the podcasting experience too. I know you do too. We've talked about this before, but just the ability to put a thought on the line and then back it up. And sometimes you'll put a thought on the line and this is something I edit too and I can't back it up. And I'm like, you know what? That's, that's, that's coming out. That's not staying. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so just understanding that like sometimes you just can't say stuff without backing it up, I guess. Yeah. I think it's been a good balance uh, through the years of learning how to back up your opinions, but also be okay with, I just like this because I like this. And totally. maybe that's all that I need to say on it. And yeah, yeah I think we, we talk about that all the time. Uh, so I think that's been a good, a good balancing act. And uh, yeah, I think, I think we both have a lot more confidence in like speaking mm-hmm. <laughs> in general and I'm someone who gets very anxious like at work and stuff about um not so much anymore because it's something I've grown in but you know like saying something wrong in a meeting or speaking up in a meeting and I don't feel that way as much anymore and I think that's of course part to growing up and obviously being in a job to to know what I'm doing a little bit more but I also think a huge part of it is because of the podcast and uh you know, having hours on end of explaining my points on something <laughs> and totally. being able to to do that in the workplace too and be, you know, for the most part coherent. I've also learned that I can't podcast on an empty stomach. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and uh, that you shouldn't either. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm definitely more guilty of this than you are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I tend to eat dinner after we podcast and Charlotte always yells at me. Um, it's not good. I know. <laughs> I, I'm not good about keeping a good – I don't eat at the same time every day, which is not great. Bad. I will say one thing I want to do more of in 2023, I want to do more of our little morning records because we did I that like a, those. a couple of times in 2022 and it was really fun. We usually record at like – 7 is kind of when we record for the most part, 7 p.m. But there were a couple times in 2022 we did like a like a 10 o'clock in the morning record on, on like yeah. a Saturday and it was really nice. It was so great. Yeah. I really like that. And I want to do that again. Yeah. We have to. I, I need to be better about it. I'm not a morning person. So it's kind of hard for me. Just to go back to that, like having to back up your ideas, like you need, I need to be well caffeinated in order to do that. <laughs> so while we, we've recorded and I've definitely commented on it about how like we're recording in the morning and <laughs> just like, yeah, I don't mean to sound like one of those coffee people who's like, don't talk to me until I had my coffee. But like, it's kind of important when you're recording yourself, you know, to sure understand you what you're exactly doing. that the last exactly. time we recorded in the morning. I know. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> such a broken record. Anyway, we're, I, are um, we finally getting to the point where we run out of things to say? <laughs> yeah. No. Well, it's funny because Caitlin and I like we record podcasts. We're always doing something for the podcast. If we're not recording, we're prepping for it or replying to emails or like we're doing something on social media that like supports the podcast. So Caitlin and I, we're best friends. Sure. (laughs) Okay. But we, (laughs) but we talk all the time and it's like very weird to, um, know 
each other's schedules like so well. Yeah. Like that's something that you have to learn about each other is when people are available. Yeah. <laughs> like, which is it's just very weird. Oh, when are you going on when are you going on a trip? What are you doing this weekend? What are you doing this morning? It's very intrusive in a lot of ways, but you just have to <laughs> you have to like have and it's I just am like a nosy person, but like it's not really from Caitlin's end. It's more like from my end about like when can we do this? But I find it's interesting to think about the fact that like before we had the podcast, like that wasn't something that we needed to do. But now I literally always know your schedule <laughs> and I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure you know mine too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know yours pretty well. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, just like very funny. <laughs> it is funny. Or, or I know all of, we have each other and find my friends and I know where you yeah. went. So I'm like, Oh, okay. She's at so-and-so's house. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so funny. It is funny. Um, yeah, this is a fun question. Thank you, Sarah. Yes. All right. This is also a fun question that I kind of laughed at. This one is from Mare Ursaram, and I'm sorry if I said that wrong. Their question is, which Star Wars novel would you make Tony Gilroy read either to inspire and or or laugh at his irritation? <laughs> what would you choose? I I had a couple of different answers, and... I'm not sure which would be the best one, but I would love to have Tony Gilroy, Gilroy read Path of Deceit because I just want to see him be like, oh, my God, all this minutia about the Force. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which I think would kind of be funny. I totally agree. Um, I think a High Republic book is a good answer because it's just so different than Andor yeah. and Rogue One. And I think it would be interesting. I actually like want to know Tony Gilroy's impression of the Jedi. I don't think yeah. he's talked about it a lot. I don't think he really cares to talk about it a lot. But if if pressed on it, I would like to know. You know? Yeah. Um, I kind of want to give him Rebel Rising. <laughs> oh, and okay. See, um, it's more like I don't think he would enjoy that. Yeah, I don't. So, think so, and I think that maybe it would irritate me. But that he like wouldn't enjoy that because I actually really like that book and I think it was good. And but I think that like someone who has spent time writing and working on Jin Erso's character, like that would be a lot, right? Yeah. Um, but none of these I think will inspire Andor because personally I think Andor is perfect. I don't need Tony to be inspired by anything else. In fact, yeah. I don't want him to be inspired by Star Wars. Yeah. The thing that I think will be interesting, though, once we go into Andor season two, is that the connective tissue has to be there a little bit more with Rogue One, at least, right? And uh, and K two so like, where does K two come into it? Like, there's where a lot. Where? Yeah. Sorry. So, like, where? <laughs> where's B two? All these things, right? Like, things will need to be resolved. It's if it's only a two season show that backs up right against Rogue One. So while season one doesn't feel like it has a, had a lot of connective tissue to other parts of Star Wars, I mean, you can argue for that or against it, does feel like a completely different Star Wars show than what we're used to in a really good way, in my opinion. But season two, I feel like we'll have to have a little bit more connective tissue. And I wonder how the reaction to that is going to go, personally. And I know I took off from this original question, but I do think that Tony will have to do a little bit more research. Than I don't know. Each, each epi- <laughs> like we're going over four years in season two. So True. I don't know. But the K2 of it all. I mean, yeah, but that's kind of, that's like an easy thing. It's pretty I easy think, for, right. for Tony to figure out. Well, I think that 
if I am not mistaken, there is a comic that exists that are, has already yeah. sort of told this story. And so I wonder, maybe that's a good answer about like, hey, Tony, have you seen this? And how are we going to like adapt that? If, or are you going to throw it in the trash? Like, what's the what's the yeah. story here? <laughs> I think you can really go either way, honestly. I agree. Yeah. I don't really know how to think about that either. I never know how to think about that kind of stuff, by the way, just putting it out there. Um, that specifically, I'm just not so sure about, but um, like with the K2SO comic and Cassian, but because I think that the Cassian story that we're seeing, that we have seen in Andor is just so rich that yeah, I don't want it to elbow up against any sort of like canon requirements beyond that K2SO has to exist somehow. <laughs> so, yeah. And also, like, he's technically a fulcrum agent. That's never been said in the movies, but I wonder if that's something that will be brought up. I think anyway. it will. I do think, I do think it will be brought up. I do too. Our next question is from Patak Attack. What was the turning point for your podcast? When did you see growth in audience? I, uh, 2019, I would say, is probably, like, if, if we're looking at numbers, which yeah. I don't mean to like blow things out of proportion because uh, I think we have like pretty steady growth through the years, honestly, like nothing super drastic. But I will say we had a lot of really big spikes in in listenership in 2019 specifically that I think was kind of probably our biggest like surge, I would say, mm -hmm. in listenership was in 2019 uh, through like we had a huge uh, from Celebration. That was a huge download for us was celebration that was not repeated for this celebration. Um, and then kind of everything leading up to Rise of Skywalker was really heavily downloaded and I would say like really consistently followed when it came to our episodes. I agree with you, but I also want to put a different spin on it. And if I can move away from like the numbers and just move into like vibe shift, mm -hmm. I think the, <laughs> the turning point for the podcast was The Last Jedi. Yeah. That was the major turning point. So we started in January 2017. The Last I came out in December 2017. And in that year, we had honestly like explosive growth. And we realized that people really wanted to hear us talk about the sequel trilogy. And that was a huge turning point for us because we enjoyed talking about the sequel trilogy and we got super into it, right? Yeah. And then after that, I think the next turning point was – the Rise of Skywalker, but it wasn't it, what you think. It was right after The Rise of Skywalker. It's figuring out what our podcast was going to be after the sequel trilogy was over. Yeah. And because I think that we've gone through like different seasons of audience changes. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, maybe you've been here for only like a few months or you've been here for the long haul or you've dipped in and out. And I think that we figured out it took a little bit because we were going through a global pandemic and we were depressed and it was a hard time. It was a lot. 2020 was so much for not just for us, but for so many people. But I think it was really formative for us to figure out like, what the hell are we doing now? Right? Because yeah. the sequel trilogy is over. The entertainment industry feels like it's on a cliff. And what does that mean for our interest in the podcast and everything like that? And I, that sounds drastic and it truly wasn't that drastic. But if I look back on it, it feels like those were the different changes. And then once we figured out that what we want to be doing and how the sequel trilogy ended and now we're, we're moving on, we're going, we're talking about other things, other really exciting things that Star Wars keeps put, putting out, right? 
and Star Wars's investment and commitment to create TV shows after The Rise of Skywalker or like before The Rise of Skywalker was such a brilliant move. I'll never get over it because it just felt so timely and perfect given the fact that the movie theaters were closed at that time. Anyway, I I will just say that I think that those two points of right before The Last Jedi and then right after The uh, Rise of Skywalker, um, those were huge turning points for our podcast. Huge. And we, like Caitlin said, we have seen like a steady rise in growth throughout the years. But in terms of like the vibes and like the, the seasons <laughs> of of Sky Talkers, those seem like the most important. Yeah. Yeah. I like how you were like vibes and I was like download number. <laughs> yeah. You were like numbers. And I was like, it's all about the vibes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to be fair, I feel like we pay attention to both. Yeah. yeah. The vibes. I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I think that I, I think that I would say that this year is probably like a vibe shift for us too of like 2018 yes. felt like a year where there was a lot of balance between like our themed content and then also like leading uh, like uh, The Last Jedi and even like talking about episode nine and stuff uh, and, and TV in, in 2018 with Rebels and everything like that. Uh, but this year, like, kind of what we talked about at the top of the show, like kind of I don't know, wanting to go back to some of those like more themed episodes um, and kind of getting back into that, of course, like bringing back our summer series this year and everything like that um, and maybe changing around a little bit how we cover like new TV shows. It does feel kind of like a like a little bit of a reset, a little bit of a vibe shift, uh, <laughs> as you call it. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say I think I think the vibes, the vibe shifts are correct. And then I also think the download shift is correct. Is, is correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like each year is a new page for us in the way that Caitlin and I think about things. You know, other podcasts have seasons, right? We don't have seasons. We just keep going. We're in season one forever. When's but <laughs> I think the way that Caitlin and I think about it is years, you know? And I think those used to be segmented by Star Wars movies in December, but uh, now it's not like that. So this was the first. I don't know. I think that if you think about this year as I'm sure this is relatable for a lot of people, but this year was a big vibe shift for a lot of people in terms of figuring out the pandemic isn't over, but things were resuming. Yeah. So we uh, have experienced like a, a sort of global vibe shift. <laughs> and uh, how does that fit in with the podcast and our productivity with the podcast too? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Lots of changes. I feel like we've been talking about ourselves. I'm so sick of hearing us talk. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. That's great because we have one more question left. <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> okay. From H. Goodson, who asks, what piece of the score holds the most emotions for you and why? Princess Leia's theme. Oh, okay. I have a few answers. Oh. I, I picked one from each trilogy, actually. Um so from the from the original trilogy, it's binary sunset. I'm I'm that basic person. Love it. It's okay. It's it's iconic for a reason. It basically hooked me into being a Star Wars fan in a new hope with Luke and the sunsets and you know, the rest is history. Love it so much. From the prequel trilogy, the second trilogy, it would be Padme's Ruminations. I think we come back to that scene so much. And I feel like that scene and that score just continues to give. You know, mm-hmm. like it just it's it, so wild. It it really is. It just <laughs> all of it together. It just it 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 gives. It gives. It does give. Uh, and then for the sequel trilogy, it's the Jedi Steps and finale. 
watching that the first time I can never speak highly enough about the first viewing of The Force Awakens. It's like seminal to me as a Star Wars memory and getting to that finale, knowing that the movie was probably going to end, hearing that music. It just, oh, iconic, incredible, beautiful, heartbreaking. Loved it. So true. Yeah. It's it's so true. That is so good. Yeah. I think for me, it will always be Princess Leia's theme. And I think a lot of that has been sped up by after Carrie Fisher's death mm-hmm. and the amount of times it was played in that sort of tribute yeah. situation. Um, but I just think it is maybe the most orchestral, most beautiful piece that John Williams has done for Star Wars. Um, I think it you is. can argue that and in a lot of different ways, but I, I personally, that's what I think. And each time it is set to a montage at Star Wars Celebration, yeah. it is absolute waterworks called a wambulance type of oh, okay. oh my god the wambulance I just said that wow okay oops <laughs> anyway um it's really emotional and I can't handle it oh you know what's another one though Caitlin tell me Ahsoka leads oh oh <sighs> yeah that one is that one is really good um the uh sorry lost my train of thought there the version of it in the mandalorian is also so so yes. good it's so so good that's um, so good and what i was also going to say though is obi-wan kenobi's theme in yeah. the show is is so beautiful and tragic it, haunting yeah it really is it's i think that one will really stand the test of time i think i mean it all does it's john williams for for pete's sake um but it's such a great addition to to all of our scores and character motifs character themes totally. i should say totally yeah and then, it could very well be the last piece that john williams composes okay. for star wars okay well you didn't have to well, he's, he's retiring yeah it's yeah. not I'm, he's not okay not saying okay you know i'm not you're not saying what you think i'm saying i'm saying he's retired okay cool okay. um i was also <laughs> gonna say uh kanan and the fire is also oh god <laughs> heart-wrenching okay kevin kind of really doing the most okay. <laughs> he's doing the most yeah it's so yeah. good it's so good uh yeah i remember a couple times i ran a poll on twitter of which is more heartbreaking ahsoka leaves or kanan and the fire and they were always so close because <laughs> it's like how can you choose it's just i can how dare you make us choose <laughs> <laughs> i think i need to run that poll again it's been a minute but uh yeah. anyway yeah the, the so much good music in star wars we're so lucky it's the best i mean yeah it really is the best <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, Star Wars is just the best. That's the thing. Yeah. All right. Well, I think, I think as Charlotte said, she's tired of hearing her own voices. <laughs> I'm not tired of hearing her own voices. I just, I hope we don't sound like we're talking about ourselves so much. Um, I know it's a Q and A, so like that happens. But it is an A and A. Yeah. Yeah. I do hope that my hope is that you take away that like we put so much love and time into the podcast and we are so grateful that we get to do this Mm -hmm. and that we do it. And then we have you as a listener, no matter if I'm talking about myself too much, I don't know that it comes through that we couldn't be more grateful to be able to do this and to participate in and be a part of your star Wars fandom. I think that is like so insane. Yeah. Yeah. We, we definitely don't take it for granted um, because 
you know, other content creators and podcasters are a huge piece of our Star Wars story and even how we got into podcasting in the first place so that we could be a part of yours in any small way. It really does mean a lot to us. So thank you for being here, uh, either if this is your first episode or at any point in the journey that you've come. Thank you. Thank you so much. So we are really grateful and we're really excited to still be doing this. And we're really excited for 2023. I think we have some fun things coming down the line. So I hope you guys are excited and are excited for new Star Wars that's coming out. We we absolutely are. Yes, definitely. So excited. And I think that is going to wrap up this sixth <laughs> sixth anniversary episode. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you for submitting your questions. We really appreciate it. And please let us know who you would invite to your Star Wars dinner party. You can find us on Twitter at SkytalkersPod or our personal handles. Charlotte's is at Crarity and mine is at Caitlin Plusher. You can also find our website, SkyTalkers.com, our Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all good places to find us. We do, as we said at the top of the show, have merch on our website, SkyTalkers.com. There will be a special SkyTalkers birthday discount uh, up now. So find that in the show notes. Be sure to get yourself a camper mug or a t-shirt with the Skytalkers logo. And if you have a minute, you can go and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We would be so grateful if you did. It helps other people find our show. You can also leave us a review on Spotify. And if you're interested in other ways to support the show or how to get involved in our wonderful Discord community, you can head on over to our Patreon and check out our different reward tiers there. And I want to say a huge thank you to these patrons, Joey, Jackson, Lauren, Diana, Kelly, Susanna, Cherie, Katie, Sarah, Z, Suara, David, Sam, Bailey, Mary, Thomas, Marty, Amy, Kyle, Derek, Dylan, Fifi, Kimberly, Suki, Bridget, Allie, Shelby, and Aaron. Thank you so much for supporting us. Yes. Thank you guys so much. And until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you.